Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast. My name is Michael Sullivan and I'm your host for today. I'll be joined by three excellent panellists to discuss how to get a job in the tech market. I know each guest has a passion for this subject. Today I'm joined by Alex, Alex Brims, CTO at Lict, Federico Fragossi, VP of Engineering at Contino, and Greg Ward, the daddy of testing at, Dad, at GoDaddy. <laughs> how, how are we all today, gents? Yeah, good, thanks. All good. All good, all good. Good, good to have you on. So before we start, let's do an introduction from, from yourselves. Let us know about yourself, um, company you work for and what you're into outside of work. Perfect. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll kick it off. So uh, um, my name is Federico. I work at Contino in EMEA as VP of Engineering. Contino is a global DevOps cloud and transformation company. So we help large re regulated enterprises moving from on-premises to cloud, building architectures in cloud and changing the way in which they deliver digital products, the company positions itself at the junction between engineering and uh, management consulting, really trying to help on all, it's kind of like end to end, right? So I continue, I'm the VP of engineering responsible for the technical strategy, directional travel, the engineering resources of the company, some of our internal policy and process as well. So it's really, it's a busy, busy, busy work. Contino has almost 200 engineers in the UK. So it's a busy, busy time. Um, before Contino was a curve as their lead site reliability engineering. I've most always been in technical roles, architectural roles throughout my career. I graduated software engineering at university. Side of work instead, I'm Italian. I grew up in the north of the country. I'm an omnivorous book reader, so I read lots of books. So you can find me on Goodreads, which is a kind of like a social network for, for bookworms to an extent. It's great, great website. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's wonderful to be here, folks. Fantastic, Federico. Great to have you on. Who's next? Uh, okay, so uh, I'm Greg. Uh, I'm the head of quality uh, at GoDaddy. Um, GoDaddy um, it is a hosting and domain registration platform. Uh, I manage a team of a lot of um, quality engineers, software development in test, but we really focus on quality, not just on the automation testing and everything else. So we do a lot of the error monitoring, really shifting left in our quality focus and everything. My team, my teams worldwide, we, we have got team members, uh, Eastern Europe, um, America, uh, looking at India now. And yeah, Outside of work, I'm a uh, long-suffering Leeds United fan, uh, father to a lovely daughter and a long-suffering husband as well. So that's uh, me in a nutshell on there. I'm on Goodreads as well. Uh, very I second that, that site. So, yeah, that's me. Great stuff. And, Great I'm, stuff. and I'm Alex. Uh, I'm the CTO at Lyft. Uh, Lyft is the only platform offering commercial music licensing for the modern creator economy. So for YouTube, TikTok to actually be able to legally and safely license commercial music. And this works out pretty well for me because outside of work, I mean, I'm a big music nerd. I'm spending most of my time uh, going to gigs, seeking out new stuff and dressing in band t-shirts despite being too old to actually do that. Um, it's great to see you guys. Um, yeah, looking forward to today's recording. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Federico. I know it's your first time. Alex and, and Greg, this is your second. So, yeah, it should, should be a good one today. Unfortunately, Rami can't make it. Um, he, he's got COVID, unfortunately. Um, so we wish him a speedy recovery. 
All right, so let's let's get straight into the questions. The topic is how to get a job in the tech market. And let's start off with your question, Alex. Sure, yeah. Okay, so my question is, what would you recommend to a candidate to do to improve their profile when they don't already have years of experience? Great stuff. Would you like to kick things off, Federico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's a very interesting question and one I, you know, uh, been thinking about as well. Like when I talk with people that are joining a company early stages or people, I have friends as well that have kids that are just finishing high school or thinking about university, what they're doing next and everything. So a few recommendations that definitely come to mind. Number one, number one, uh, definitely getting professional help. Now, this is going to sound awkward, but what I mean by this is uh, just don't go out there, create your CV and throw your CVs at companies. Most people will have a number of opportunities either through their university or placement or even friends and families, like people that can help them reviewing their CVs and building that CV in the right way, such as the CV is ready to be sent to companies. That's, I think, is a key step because a lot of people are just a bit kind of like, I mean, as we all were, right, at the beginning, we didn't know how to create a CV, what to highlight, what not to highlight. So getting definitely somebody out there that can help you build that CV, super important. Second thing, uh, for me, definitely looking at highlighting in your profile, not only your purely tech experience, but also what you've done outside of tech that shows who you are. So if you, for example, were a university and you were part of the robotics club, just put that out there, right? Just if you if you speak multiple languages, because maybe you come from a, from a diverse background, like put that out there, it can really help understanding who you are. What are your achievements as well? Not only from a technical perspective, but even outside of tech. And then if you have open source contributions or projects you've done in high school or projects you've done at university as well, they may as well be just simple projects you've done as part of your course of your module, but package that, maybe put that in an open source, uh, you know, on GitHub and then put that on your CV that can really help building your profile for sure. And then I think in the end as well, looking at some easy certifications. That is the other angle for me. So you don't have a lot of experience. You want to show people that you know what you're all about. Then thinking about getting some certs, they usually take two, three, four, five weeks as well. And it's not a long time in itself. And you can just easily get a certification. Right now, cloud is one of the big themes, and this is where we're working as well. And getting a cloud cert is an easy thing for you to get, right? So you just learn that cert and put it that put it put it out there on your CV. That will see that will be a significant career accelerant. Being in the end, I think, deliberate about how you're building your CV, how you're presenting yourself, and making sure that you make the best use of all the tools and solutions out there, it's a great way. Also, if you're entering tech and you're engaging with recruiters, send your CV to a recruiter and say, hey, what do you think of this? They will be the best people that can help you reviewing that as well. So there you go, a few ideas from me. Uh, spot on, spot on. That's uh, some really interesting stuff. And again, I also have been giving this a lot of thought. And you touched on a quite a good aspect there. Uh, one of the thing that I look for in CVs as well, when I, when I'm reviewing them for new stars, because you have a lot of interns that come through GoDaddy very early in their career, um, is as you said, talk to others, get people to review, because there's always something that is a strength, but you don't recognise as a strength that you know other people will value as well. So get feedback from people you, you've interacted with at school, university, your peers, and then and then there's also what I've noticed is really gaining momentum now, especially with 
new people to industries like meetups. So I know that there's Ministry of Test meetups in Nottingham. There's similar minded people where you can get exposure to more experienced people and ask their advice, pair with them on projects, you know, get a good back and forth. And before you know it, I, I always look on LinkedIn as well and social, you know, these sort of sites and look at their sort of network as well. So if you're seen with um, experienced people as well, you're like, hey, you know, they're on the right track and they've got a passion for this sort of thing that really comes through. If they're engaging in um, online forums and everything that I'm in, brilliant. You know, that works really well. But yeah, there's plenty of ways out there as well. Like, like I said, the meetups, um, there's one this week uh, I'll be attending. Um, and yeah, talking to everyone there, you know, it's really nice to meet like-minded people and share experiences and, and give advice, you know, not lecture them, but hey, look, have you thought about doing this? And this is a good course that anyone doing this course, you want to pair up on it or, you know, problems you've had and, and share that sort of way of feeling. And it'll soon, a word of mouth will help as well. So if you're in this sort of network, if I'm, hey, I've got an opening coming up for a, for a uh, new position. Hey, I'll speak into, let's say, Brad down at the last meetup I was at. Hey, he might be good and get their own recommendations. Word of mouth is very powerful. Um, and then, you know, people will talk about you and you get into them conversations. You'll be surprised how that opens doors. Uh, I get a lot of recommendations from my team from people they've worked with before or met or done on social occasions. So it's a good way to open the door as well and get that network as well as your CV. Don't discount, as, as Federico said, your softer skills, stuff you've done before, because these are all important in tech as well. You know, it'd be brilliant to have a team of uh, genius engineers all in one room. Realistically, that would be a nightmare, nothing to get done, too many things. So we've got to have this diverse sort of age. And also in the learning curve as well with your team, you, you need people at that beginning level of the S curve um, to bring up and, and to get that mastery. So your team's naturally progressing. So yeah, that's where I'd sort of advice I'd give. Thanks, gents. And yeah, now you've you know, heard them two answers, Alex, what would you recommend a candidate do to improve their, their profile or CV? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a definite, uh, definitely solid advice in there. I mean, I definitely would echo the attending meetups one. I mean, that was definitely a, a very important one for me, like kind of early on in my career, just being surrounded by people who were in the industry, passionate enough about what they're doing, that they're going and spending time discussing it and looking at presentations in their spare time. And, you know, getting outside of my own bubble of the people who I worked with. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, I remember a couple of years ago going to one of those meetups and I actually, I hired a guy on his first tech job. He was going to these meetups actually with the view to breaking into the tech industry. He was working for the government at the time, doing a couple of spare time projects on the side. Uh, and I ended up giving him his, his first job and he's been a developer ever since then. Um, yeah, definitely uh, certifications is a very useful one. It's that whole... Uh, demonstrating the, the things you're really interested in, the fact that you're also you know, willing to go and do this uh, outside of work as well, you know, really being able to break into it when you're at that kind of stage. And of course, with the meetups as well, it's a good way to spend every evening getting free pizza and beer. Always pizza, <laughs> always pizza. Yeah, but a good one, guys, because, I mean, sometimes people show up with Papa John stuff. And that's not good. That's just not good. <laughs> 
All right. Can I can I just like add something on top of what we've been discussing so far? It's just not because I was listening to you speaking and really a couple of things came to mind. Number one, number one, and this is a message for all the people that perhaps has just finished university, they're just entering IT now. So if they're listening to this podcast today, one thing I wanted to tell them is really that to understand you're not alone. You're not the first person that is entering IT in 2022, 2023. People before you have been doing this path and, and things have been set in place. So it makes no sense for you to go through the hurdles again. Use everything that you can to accelerate your career. And we're talking about mentors. Getting a mentor is super important. Getting somebody that has been in the industry for 10 years and know all the various intricacies and all the details can really accelerate your career. Personally, through university as well, you can find, and I and I helped on that as well, personally, being a mentor of some people that just finished university and they weren't sure how to enter tech or even what field of tech should they enter, the front-end development, back-end development, QA, DevOps, they didn't know any of this. And having a mentor in that sense, I, I know like it could really help your career and bring your things forward. So if you haven't done it so far, engage with your university, engage with your college, engage with whatever is, is the institution you're coming from, or even engage outside that institution if you don't come from a traditional background. Engage with you know groups, uh, meetups as well. There's plenty of opportunities for just mentoring clubs out there. And get a mentor can really accelerate your career, can help you move things forward. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I always found with the, the meetups as well is that you know when I was a bit more junior, the more the more senior people who were there, you know, even if it's just this kind of casual mentorship, they love giving advice. Yeah. You know, it's like who doesn't love to be asked, you know, have your expertise leaned on and all this kind of stuff, you know, with people who you wouldn't normally be speaking to. The enthusiasm for it is always there. Yeah, yeah. People are great people are great supporters. Like if you can help somebody, they will definitely do that, especially somebody that has been like in the industry for a while and knows all the hurdles, remembers university still, and, and all those people can really be helpful for you, for people that are entering IT. A couple, a couple of things I could add as well. Um, keep, keep CV simple, two pages max, and even format it as a PDF before you send it, just to make it look even cleaner. Because um, it just that little 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 um, little things like that make a difference, and if you know any young developer, um, any sort of GitHub account links work you've done, just include that as well, just to show any sort of personal projects you've done. It always goes that little bit of that little, little bit extra mile. I think people always tend to get the jobs. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. on that are, guys. Yeah, so that just like that, that sort of shows speaking from someone in the industry. We've just got a couple of nuggets of experience. I didn't even think about CV and PDF. I was like, oh, yeah, really obvious. But until someone says it to you, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So like you say, at the meetups and everything else, get a mentor. And things that are obvious to them, not always obvious to you, some little nuggets that really uh, help you stand out and move forward. Yeah, because even yeah. you know, contracts with ten years experience, they'll have a six, seven page CV. No, no one's yeah. reading past page two. I'm telling you. Yeah. So it's like if a contractor with 10, 15 years experience, the the best ones are two page and they just bullet point. I've been, you know, Santander area there and everywhere. Same with juniors. Everyone, everyone sort of keep it concise. And what you say, Federico, all your soft experience, really concise bullet points of what you've done. And uh, that, that's what I would advise. Yeah, I would definitely um, yeah, yeah. To add to what you were saying, Michael, about the the, the extra projects on GitHub. I mean, I, I think 
with something like that, I would always say the most important thing is find something that, that doesn't exist, but you want it to exist. And it can be something fairly simple, maybe a little web service that pulls together something you like, you know, be about your favorite football team or recipes or something like that. Um, but make that and make that open source. You know, you do often see things like where someone's put up on GitHub, essentially the examples from a book that they've learned. And it's just like the little exercises they've done. And that's okay, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really show, it won't really show off your skills. It will show off mm -hmm. that you could answer the questions that were in the book. Whereas if it's something, I mean, I used to build like little Twitter bots. So I built stuff about um, pulling together music APIs and making little uh, presentation pages based on that. And it was all open source, you know, it wasn't stuff I was keeping private to myself or anything like that, but because I was actually interested in it, it was something I would actually do and I would push forward with. And I would use that to learn techniques that I wasn't getting a chance to learn at work. So things like that, having that, it's very easy to go the extra mile when it's something you're really excited about. And as well, what I've seen, I don't think that's boring, is people stood outside like Liverpool Street Station with the CV or, you know, and it goes on LinkedIn, 600 people like it and they get two interviews out of it. Um, just, it's just, it always seems to be a success. And a video, a video of yourself, you know, um, mm -hmm. literally, you know, a, a 90 second clip, sending it to an, an agency. I, I, I can't see any reason why people wouldn't get an interview at least from, from sending stuff like that. And that's just things I've seen. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, I want to like, like on the, on the GitHub side. So I, I, I want to take a bit of a different approach from Alex, because I think that even if you're like just early stages and you're just doing the exercise of the book, that's probably better than most people that are just not putting anything on GitHub. Because sometimes, you know, especially at the beginning of your career, people will be very shy with their source code and they will not really feel comfortable showing their code to, you know, outside. I think that it's just something you got to overcome and not be afraid of just showing. Most people at the beginning of their career, your career will just have an average quality of the code that they produce. It's not going to be anything special, most likely. So just go out there. You're not alone. Most other people will have something like that. But be, just being able to have a GitHub repo out there, all of this is very, very simple. Anybody can do it, especially if they're entering IT. Just go out there. Even the simple tasks are better than nothing. So just, just go there and do it. Really no point in not having it. And one thing I just wanted to chip in with as well, be honest, don't overstate what you can do. Uh, you know, we've all been there in situations where you're like, oh, I best just elaborate on my experience here. What I, what, you know, you know, the time I invented Microsoft Word, uh, whatever, you know, but just, just be honest, just be honest, you know, um, and then you know you're not causing yourself extra stress and everything and we've all been there most interviewers at the beginning of your career we've all been there we understand it's tempting to elaborate and um, say that you can do the x y and z when really you just do x but just be honest and, and state where you are it's best for everyone yeah i, I definitely echo that I, I remember interviewing here and the perm director asked me a question i just said i don't know and they just sort of like I think that gained more respect than waffling. Mm. Um, and, and then yeah, they, they actually said after, you know, fair play for saying you don't know, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll learn it here. Uh, it gives mm. more respect. Well, my, my favourite response to that when someone doesn't know the answer is when you, know, you ask them about a technology that maybe they don't know anything about, but then they start quizzing you about it. It's like I'm interviewing someone who's then going, yeah, so how does that work? What does it mean? Yeah, you know, what yeah. would I use it for? Can actually show when because you can tell when that interest is genuine as well. Yeah, and that's always a really nice position to be in. 
Yeah, nice, nice. So yeah, great opening question, Alex. Um, hope hopefully got a lot a lot of um, feedback there, and you know, great answers from everyone. So let's go over to your question, Federico. Yeah, perfect. So my question, kind of like for everybody, is really about uh, how people from diverse backgrounds can enter IT and, and how can they make a strong impact from day one. So we're talking about people that come from different <clears throat> either racial or gender or all sorts of diversity we're thinking about, even people that come from non-traditional IT backgrounds, right? So how would they be able to do this? People that perhaps graduated a different, something else university, graduated literature, or I don't know, arts, and now they want to enter IT because they're drawn to it for some reason. How can they enter it? How can it make a strong impact? Yeah, I, I really like this question. And um, I've got a, a wealth of experience in this. Like I say, we're working in GoDaddy, we're a worldwide company. Um, I've got uh, a lot of different, a really diverse team. I'm really lucky to that. And the way we really like to see that um, people make an impact right from day one, is let's think about it your first day when you join it setting everything up doing that whole onboarding um you know oh god i haven't got access to this i haven't got access to that how easy is that for someone and, and encourage that honesty it's like hey what, what have you found easy what can we improve here and use that new set of eyes to get genuine honest feedback because we all do this and we go oh um we imply knowledge when you're writing documentation or anything you just have that implied knowledge oh this is obvious we do this every day use all these things so disabled people you know people who um don't have the same uh, capabilities always get to get their feedback people speak different languages what these barriers are and once once again it's another one of them things i was talking about mentoring when someone says it to you you're like oh that's obvious why don't we think of that it's just that presumed sort of knowledge going in there and once you're genuinely engaging with them and asking for this feedback and they know it's a safe place to do it then they will feel more comfortable more confident in coming forward uh, once they've got past that onboarding stage and working within the team they'll have already um, set up relationships and everything by the team um uh, engage with them right from the get-go hey you know read through this document can you get get set up tell us what you found hard we can review it and go through it with you jump on a call and then get that interaction really build that interaction but enable them to give that feedback in a safe and reasonable way um there and as you said um it'll feed on to, to my question but i didn't have a natural route in so i did open university course in my late 20s to early 30s and sort of join the tech industry later in life. And that's really daunting because what's the, the phrase is, um, I'm not a tech native. So I grew up where there was one computer in the room, but I'm all of a sudden um, as a level one QE working with all these um, really tech savvy kids who are just absorbing tech like that, like that. And Luckily, I was at a stage in my life where I was going, hey, I need help. I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me. And it's having, um, I don't know whether that's because I was a little bit older, a bit more um, sure in, my, in myself, but giving people the reassurance that it's okay to say they don't understand something and bringing them into the team and knowing they've got the support and they will pay that back with, in, with impact and new ideas and, and better ways of working. Yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, opening things up with uh, your, your new starters and like that is very important. Um, what what I was thinking about there was the um the actual the, the part of uh, 
people from different backgrounds actually entering uh, into the industry. And I found one of the things with IT, particularly historically, it certainly improved a lot now, but there was a lot of, there was a long time where kind of homogenization was encouraged by the way that people were going out and looking for candidates. Now, I don't mean like intentionally, but I mean as in you'd have a fairly homogenous team and they, you'd put in a job advert together and you'd get everyone to review it and everything like that. But if everyone is ultimately very similar, everyone looks at it and goes, yeah, that's perfect. That's the kind of job advert I would apply for. Straight away, you've got things angled towards a specific type of person who's going to apply towards it. I mean, historically, there's always a lot of gendered language used in there, whether intentionally or not. And while this is improving, there's still quite a long way to go in this. And I think it's important to remember that as well. Sometimes these things... Yeah, I don't believe that they're done maliciously necessarily. It's more kind of out of a position of ignorance. Um, but bearing things like that in mind, you know, it's like if you see an advert that maybe uses the word like rock star or something like that, which you would use not necessarily realizing that it's quite a gendered term, really. It brings up a very, yeah, it's a male image, really. But the person who wrote it doesn't necessarily mean it that way. It's just, it just seemed like a cool thing to put at the time. Mm. So I think kind of, um, you know, while it is obviously the responsibility of the people who are putting these things together to work harder on that, you know, get feedback from appropriate people, you know, reach out to some more diverse people to get uh, feedback on how this job advert actually looks. I think bearing in mind that some people will have just made that mistake and not actually done it and not been put off by that. It doesn't necessarily mean that the company's full of unwelcoming people or anything like that. It was just that was the way it ended up being put together. Yeah. Yeah, one point I, I really agree with there. You don't want everyone thinking the same, coming from the same viewpoint. Your team won't grow. So the more um, sort of eyes on things and different opinions and different viewpoints, the better your team will grow then uh, rather than just stagnate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, your point as well, like, sorry, Federico. Uh, RMD was saying about, I think it was Volvo in Stockholm, all the devs were based in the city, like, you know, cool types, but they're creating a car, which is four by four. So they, they had to diversify by advertising for you know, people from like the, the rural areas. So I thought that was a, a an interesting take on it. I suppose mm -hmm. as well, back, back to you, Federico, how can you, you know, how can people from diverse backgrounds enter the IT industry um, and make a strong impact from that from day one? No, I mean, uh, I just wanted to second what everybody else has said, like all the attention that uh, diversity and everything. But at the same time, maybe I'm just biased towards my experience, which in fact has been always very positive and very welcoming. But I really want to say this. So if there's people that are listening to this podcast right now that are just coming from different backgrounds and everything, of all industries, I think that actually it is fairly mature compared to other industries. And there's lots of attention to diversity happening now. This to say, yes, there's a lots of work that lots of work that needs to happen still. There's lots of problems that we can work on. But at the same time, IT is fairly welcoming. So don't be super afraid or don't think that the baggage you're carrying is going to have a big, big Think about that IT is still open. Think about that a lot of companies are putting a lot of effort in this and trying to make sure they are very diverse, especially in the startup scene, especially in the tech scene. There's a lot of attention to this. And so just be encouraged about being, just being yourself, right? When you're having an interview and don't be afraid of hiding things. Like a lot of companies will be very welcoming of who you are. 
And the second thing I wanted to say is about people that come from a non-technical background. A lot of people graduate software engineering and they say, oh my God, but I mean, I'm not really a good coder. There are people in my class who are much better than me. Or as I said before, people that come from very different backgrounds and graduated arts or whatever. Those people as well, when they look at engineering and think about IT, you know, you got to realize that IT is not only coding. An actual software company has a lot of people with a range of different skill sets that, that are totally necessary, really important, like project manager, technical program managers, uh, even quality assurance folks. There's lots of opportunities for non-technical people to make a strong impact in companies. Every time I work with a large regulated enterprise, with a bank, a financial institution, leading big projects, there is not always an enterprise architect with that traditional IT background. Sometimes you have a release engineer, sometimes you have a technical program manager. They have lots of impact, lots of knowledge. They talk with everybody in the bank, they have a different skill set. So what I wanted to say is a word of encouragement for all the people listening to the podcast with non-technical backgrounds. There's lots of work available for you out there in the IT world. Just you just gotta find out about that. You may not know that. Talk to a mentor. Look at look at things outside. There's plenty of opportunities in the space. Also, if you're not a super techy person. Perfect. Great question, guys, and you know, re really appreciate the answers. Hope, hope you got the feedback you was looking for as well, Federico. Um, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Nice one, and yeah. So obviously, last but not least, your your question, Greg. Yeah, and and this sort of feeds back into what we was talked about the last time. So, as majority of the people into the tech industry are straight from college, university, internships, and everything. But what if? How? What advice would you give someone? Say in their 30s looking for that career change to how could they make their first steps into tech you know what sort of how could you lessen the, the impact that going into a mainly young person's domain uh, from someone later in life um, what advice would you give to them for entering well i think it kind of calls back to what federico was saying about um, improving your profile but first, you know, the, the things that you've done outside of tech, you know, can have such a great impact on, you know, how you would actually approach your work within the tech industry. I mean, there's a good example there of, you know, the robotic society at university, and it doesn't have to be something that like necessarily as technical as that if you don't have it. Um, I mean, I've hired people who had shown entrepreneurship in the past, you know, they'd set up their own uh, businesses, you know, completely disconnected from the tech world, you know, selling physical products, things like that. And I would say one of the most important things in that situation is to emphasize not just what you did, that you, you know, oh, I set up something selling this, but how did you go about it? What did you achieve when you were doing it? And achievement doesn't necessarily always revolve around, you know, uh, tro trophies or medals and things like that. It can just be, here's some obstacles that we overcame doing it. Here is how we increased sales over this time or how we did something. And if you can quantify those experiences as well, then it really just it demonstrates that you understand the value of what you're doing, which in something like software development or the tech world, that can be so important, you know, understanding the actual the impact of what you're doing. Yeah, it's something I always found very important. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Alex, if I could second what you said, so numbers speak. 
even in the IT world, if you're coming from a different business, different uh, industry, and you're coming into IT, numbers will still speak. If you are doing sales in a, you know, in a, I don't know, automobile vertical, or and you're moving into tech, those numbers will still be important. That sales activity, those sales skills you acquired over the years will still be super important. It's just a different industry. You got to learn about that, but you will be all set. And a few things as well. So number one, I would say thinking about the culture. So compared to other industries, uh, you know, especially if you're, or this is something I've seen in a lot of dynamics where you have perhaps somebody that has done a whole career in a, in a, somewhere and then is moving, entering tech in a difference in a small startups, perhaps culture is really important for startups. And in that sense, I think that learning about the tech culture before entering that can help you getting ready for things because mm -hmm. there's definitely a big difference between more established enterprise and a small startup. So small tech startup, getting ready for things, reading about it, reading a few books about it, listening to podcasts as hours online, all of that can help you getting ready for the opportunity in a way that you understand what the culture will look like and you know how to position yourself as well against the culture. Um, third thing, um, options. As I said before, IT is very wide. So if you're a good public speaker, you know, why not become a developer evangelist? There are IT companies that are investing into this. If you're good at marketing something outside, if you're good at marketing for books, you can definitely do marketing for software products as well. A lot of things will have overlapping skill sets. And then one last point on my side, uh, thinking about programs that are available out there. There's a number of companies right now I started programs to help people that have perhaps, you know, that went to the army, veterans that are went to the army and then want to enter IT space or people that have different backgrounds that have different experiences in life as well. Those programs are available and they typically help you by giving you technical skills. So for example, AWS, Amazon Web Services, there's a program called AWS Restart. AWS Restart is a free program that a lot of people can get to. Those, through that program, you can learn technical skills. You can go through a boot camp that can help you enter in the IT domain, whatever is your experience, whatever you've been, you've been there before. Also thinking about the fact that large enterprises will have people that come with a very similar background to yours. So for example, I know that in Amazon, there is a veteran group, people that were in the army and now have joined Amazon. So you can recognize others as you as well that have very similar backgrounds to you. So you're not, you're not going to be alone and there's lots of support available in the enterprises now. Yeah, yeah. I really like that, Frederico, and, and, uh, and I echo that. There are a lot of people in the same position. Um, I personally found in my journey, it was quite a daunting thing. I was like, wow, you know, I've got responsibilities. I'm married, I've got kids, I've got to, and I'm trying to move. There's a lot of carrying on the shoulder and you shouldn't have to bear that alone. You know, there's always people out there to talk to as well. Um, and also, the way I sort of think as well is you can also use your life skills that you've developed over 10, 15 years, like you say, using your past history to get a, get a foothold in into the tech. Like you said, you could become a project manager if you're good at your, your speaking and everything. You use that way to get in. But yeah, I, I second uh, what you both said there. It's, uh, it sort of goes across what we've been talking about all day, isn't it? It's um, just believing in yourself and, and um, making those connections, building up your confidence and, and going for it, really. And yeah, I really second if there are free courses like that on the AWF, make the most of them. Um, and the tech, yeah. com the tech community are really helpful 
brilliant people who go out of the way and um, you know just look at open source um software you know what, what where else can you just go what industry can you just go hey look i'm going to contribute to this get yeah. feedback people doing it so yeah make the most of that what about your journey greg after the open university how did you find it you know your first couple of times so it was it was actually so i, I was actually a prison officer before so i used to work in prisons um around um nottinghamshire lincolnshire and you know you're doing different shifts and everything and studying at the same time so it was a, it was something i really had a passion for and i think if if i didn't have that passion working full-time and doing a degree at the same time it wouldn't have got me through um so that's the way i sold it i thought you know that's my unique selling point isn't it um when i put on uh when i was writing my cv for my first tech thing completely open and honest i said look i've got no actual experience i've done these courses i'm active in the community but this is my passion i've, I've done this as a, as a, a full-time job and Put that across to people and look i'm willing to learn i'm willing to start at the bottom and uh, work my way up and yeah luckily uh, a company in mansfield took pity on me and uh yeah the rest as they say is history great stuff well yeah it's obviously a success with, with your success at, at GoDaddy. so obviously with, with rami um not being here i'd like to ask a question um regarding you know so say your CV looks great, it's formatted well, you know, everyone's helped you, um, you took all your tips, manager or recruiter's happy with it. You've got your interview, your first interview as a, a junior engineer in the industry. You know, what what you guys are the experts, you have built teams. What are your tips for for that junior engineer for their first ever interview? What do you want to hear from them? Who wants to go first? Well, I mean, I think uh, some of the stuff we've been talking about today is very important here i mean the whole you know be yourself be honest about what you can and can't do don't be afraid to admit that you don't already know something I mean, particularly you know we're talking about a junior engineer here with their first interview there will be loads of gaps in their knowledge and in some cases the interviewer might even be you know reading from a question sheet essentially you know tell me about this technology etc and you may have a lot more gaps than other people do but don't be afraid about that i mean i would also say if it is if it was to be unsuccessful it's your first interview you know if nothing else you the worst case scenario is that you get some good practice out of it um i mean when i was a junior i certainly had, i went for a lot of interviews because i wanted to make sure that when the day came when that job that i really really wanted arrived i wanted to make sure i was good at doing interviews by that point so that's a, a useful skill in its own right i'd say in terms of actually doing the interview itself i mean i think the most important thing for someone who's not really done an interview before is just make sure that you're answering the question that they asked if you want to if it's not quite the question that you wanted to be asked don't answer the one that you wanted to be asked I'll answer the one that they did actually ask if you have extra things that you want to elaborate on and say something else maybe a slightly related technology you'd like to talk about I mean offer it up you know say oh but I also know about this I could talk about this but don't just you know start going into it for ages it's a, a common mistake and also make sure you pause occasionally and maybe offer up if you're if you're starting to get a little bit unsure about what you're saying it's always fine to say have i answered your question okay yeah that's completely fine and it's much better than just nervously going on and on and on until basically you're told to stop 
which is quite an easy thing to do because an interview is it's a fairly artificial situation you know it's not like a normal conversation really I mean a good interview often can be but it's still a case of here you are to prove yourself yeah and yeah and uh, yeah I was just going to echo nerves are fine you know everyone has nerves especially in your first one just try and think to yourself give your time yourself time to breathe I've done it before where you're just rambling and you're just rambling and rambling. You've lost track of what you said. You're going down a rabbit hole. It's cool. Take a step back, breathe a minute, even ask for a minute. That's, that's all all right. We, you know, the interviewer will be aware of the situation. Yeah, look, this is a nervous situation. No one likes being in interviews. But if it's your first time, it's especially so. So go easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself over the, you know, over the head about things and uh, take it as it comes, really. Yeah, totally. I mean, but I want to I want to second what Alex has said and actually adding a few ideas there. So number one, absolutely, absolutely do a number of trial rounds, do a number of trial rounds and frankly, interview at the wrong company, interview at a company you really don't care about interview for that. So their company said, oh, my God, I would never want to work for them. Perfect. Interview there. Do a test, do a test and allow yourself the luxury of failing at something you don't care about. Fail one, two, three, four times in the way that when you will do that interview, that one interview for that big tech company you really want to get to, you'll be ready for it. Perfect. You'll be all set. So interview at a wrong company, number one. Number two, wanted to say as well is to kind of like recognize if you want what is happening here. So recognize that. Number one, if you're getting rejection, maybe it's not you. People get rejected a number of times, maybe because, you know, the company decided to close the position because we don't really need that role anymore. Maybe the company decided, oh, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to go ahead with you because we had that person and that other person did their their um, dissertation exactly on that specific thing. So there's somebody more qualified than you are. Who cares? There'll be a lot of other opportunities out there. So not all rejections are you underperforming, number one, but some rejections will be. And not learning from those failures is equally as a mistake. So after you've done an interview and people say, you know what, we're not going to continue with you, ask for feedback. Say, hey, by the way, I've done a couple of interviews with you. Can you give me some feedback? Can you provide some feedback telling me how did I perform? Was I good? Was I bad? What are my gaps? What should I work on? Because, you know, you invested that time. You may as well get something out of it for sure. On the nerves point, on the nerves point that Greg mentioned as well, a lot of people that I interviewed throughout my career that are at the beginning of uh, their journey, they're very, very concerned, freaking out and everything. We all are. We all are, are uh, afraid of everything. So I want to tell you one thing. It's okay to ask for a break. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? You know, I'm just, I don't really know the answer to this question, but can we get up? two minutes pause and talk about something else, you know, talk about football, talk about coffee. <laughs> oftentimes, I mean, oftentimes you will get the interviewer that will recognize this and will be, and will be proactive in offering, you know, a, a breakup question, say, okay, what, what about, what did you do yesterday? How was yeah. uh, your holidays? You know, interviewers usually are trained for that, but not all the time. So, and if the interviewer is not, you go ahead on your own and say, you know, can I get a coffee? Can I get a yeah. two minutes break? And can we do that? Yeah, that is a great tip. And that shows a and, bit of confidence and yeah. respect to yourself, doesn't it? And Frederico just triggered something in my head as well, which really helps with that. Do your prep. Do you yeah. look at the company, uh, you know, because there's often times in interviews at the end, they'll go, hey, you've got any questions about the company? Do you know this about them? And rabbit in the headlights moment. If You know, sometimes your brain just, 
deadlines and nothing's going there. But if you walk into an interview and you you know about the company, you know about the reputation and everything in the position, that's that's brilliant. You you gives you takes away some of that unknown and, and removes some of that nerves. What's the saying? Uh, failure to prepare is prepare to fail. So you're giving yourself that best chance of uh, getting through. Um, the other thing that's so true, so so true. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them really good ones that I try to live by as much as possible. Um, and the other thing is tr try and get your personality across as well, um, as well, because you can be looking at a cultural fit within the team. You know, um, I know it's your nervous one, and you want to give your best impression. But again, try to be yourself, and you, you'll relax if you're if you're giving like one word answers, very dry answers try to humanize the process as well um, really helps there and and gets you gets the interviewer to remember you um, as well yeah yeah definitely i would say with the the prep work as well i mean one of the things i remember being asked uh, when i was a bit of a, a younger engineer um kind of very open-ended questions um which i don't think it's very good for an interviewer to do but like when they begin with tell us about yourself yeah there's it's so ambiguous like where do you start with something like that and there was a few times where i was like uh well, what do you want to know it's like <laughs> tell me about oh go through that go go through your whole history well i was born on a wednesday october the 23rd yeah. i'm gonna I'm leave you know yeah well yeah. My, my great grandfather first arrived <laughs> yeah. This country, yeah. You know. yeah uh but the thing is it's like you you will be asked questions like that you know and sometimes and sometimes it's just good just to have just the start of a prepared answer or at least be prepared for it so you could go, would you like me to start with my professional experience or something like that? Just make sure you know how you'd respond to these questions that give you that rabbit in the headlights feeling that you mentioned. Yeah. And also, it's all right to take a second to think about your answer. Don't fall yeah. into the trap of the minute the question's asked, hey, I've got an answer for that. Oh, that's a really good question. Often buy yourself some time by going, oh, that's a really good question. And give yourself that second or two just for your uh, thoughts to process whilst if you do I mean, the minute the sentence finished you jump in and start answering that's where you get the um, ums and you sort of go off track but don't be afraid to, to have a silence uh, i know it feel 10 seconds of silence feels like an age when you're in the interview thing but then when you deliver that that killer answer it, it's fine you know that's what they're after yeah no, absolutely they do like to be told that they've asked interesting questions as well yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, which which makes me happy as well. But let me tell you, absolutely, what you said. Preparing is, I mean, prepare preparation is everything, right? So you have to be prepared for the for the interview. You have to be prepared and have some answers to the most common questions, which is, you know, as you said, explaining what you've done, your projects, explaining who you are, explaining why you should join that company, and getting definitely preparing for the interview is a whole job in itself. But I mm. want to say something. I want to say something for sure, which is. Uh, when I'm when we're hiring a junior person in the company, we're not hiring their skills. We're hiring for potential. Okay, so you don't need to have the answers to all the questions for that to be a successful interview. Nobody will. If you add the answer to all the questions, you'll be a senior engineer. Okay, mm -hmm. that's pretty clear. And you don't need to have that. We're not hiring a senior engineer. We're hiring a junior engineer. So it's okay not to know. But the one thing I would say is to prepare to show the attitude. So when you're preparing for the interview, don't prepare only for just like the technical questions. You know, there's plenty of books out there as well on this, but prepare for uh, how to answer the non-technical question, to prepare for 
create the right narrative saying, oh, you know, I don't really know this, but here is how I've learned those other four things. I would love to learn about that technology. How can I do that? And preparing, creating the right narrative, it will be, it will make you look so much better, so, so much better rather than knowing the answer. Just don't forget this. You don't need to be better than a senior engineer. You need to be better than all of the other junior engineers. You need to be better than all the other people that will not know all the answers, right? So getting ready for things will already put you in the right place. Nice one. I might open a can of worms here. <laughs> but, um, with a tech test, you know, junior, whatever level, my advice to any junior engineer, you know, you get you get your uh, script, try and ask a question, what do they really want? Or, you know, if you can have a, open a line of communication with the uh, hiring manager, you know, stats questions are on the tech test. That is always a good tip for people to pass tests. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on that. No, I, I would definitely agree with you on this, Michael. Like passing a test, a technical test, uh, Definitely keeping a communication channel open with the hiring manager will be super important because I've seen multiple opportunities in which the hiring manager will give you small tips. Yeah. Sometimes these technical tests are created in a way that some part of the test just can be done. It's technically impossible. And so you're expected to reach out to them and say, oh, by the way, this yeah. uh, question number four just can't be done. So help me about it for sure. Technical tests, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of so I'm not a huge supporter of them. I think they're useful for some some certain uh, you know certain roles or certain parts of it, but it's very very popular. A lot of companies are doing it, so getting ready for it. And once again, you don't need to codify the best test. You don't need to answer all the questions. You need to be better than the other junior engineer next to you. So if you respond five out of ten, but are the best five, you're gonna get the position anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've definitely had cases where if someone had asked, you know, what kind of thing you really expect to see, what what do they really want from this? I'd have just kept re-emphasizing, keep it simple, you know, show me something simple, because what you end up with is instead someone trying to show off like, look how many libraries I was able to use with this, look how many different methods I was able to engage in this one solution. Because that's exactly what I did not want to see, you know, it was very much keep it simple. So yeah, definitely always ask. Yeah, what kind of approach would be best for us? Yeah, uh, Alex as well, just answer the question you've been asked in, in the interview on the tech test. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly and uh, echo what Federico said. I think for junior levels, tech tests can be quite grueling and very daunting. You know, we're here to, to get them on their journey and, and upskill them. So I can remember my first tech test. I don't think I slept the night before because it's, it's you put a lot of pressure on yourself you're like right i've got to turn up and show what i can do my wizardry um but again um uh, be honest be open if you don't understand something ask for clarification ask for help i, I did in my first uh tech test i didn't get the position but it sort of aligned me up for the next one that i did and uh, again if you don't understand something ask make sure you're going down the right road and prepare as well you know because the recruiter or the team Normally we'll go, this is what we expect in the tech test and spend a little bit of time looking at what you're going to be doing. Yeah, especially with recruiters, right? So a lot of times, and this is like a small tip that I'm going to give, but a lot of times that companies engage agencies, right? And that recruiter in the agency will be very strongly incentivized to make sure that you land the position because clearly their compensation will be aligned towards that. So speak with the recruiter. That person has the same incentive that you have. You want to get to the same place. You want to get hired. 
So ask him or her, what do you think are the best? What is the tech text uh, going to be about? What should I prepare for the interview? What others have done? Can you help me giving me some tips and tricks? They, uh, they will be able to help you and they're really incentivized to do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, great tip. And another great tip um, that you said before, Federico, about going to an interview that you don't want, uh, um, even though that will give false hope to some recruiters out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some great tips in there. Does, does, does anyone have any um, anything else to add around the subjects or anything, any questions for each other? Well, I'll, I'll drop a message. I want I just uh, so I want to give a message to a junior junior engineer listening to the podcast after everything. My two cents are: you're joining what is arguably the most uh, the most the biggest industry right now out there, software editing in the world. If you fail that first interview, who cares? There will be hundreds of other interviews. That one interview will likely not define your career. Be hopeful. Be positive. Things will get well. Be an optimist. A lot of the just listening to podcast. If you're here listening to this podcast, you're doing the right thing. That right thing will help in your career. Don't be afraid. You'll be fine. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. You're going to get yeah. rejected. Don't be afraid of it. It's, it happens to everyone. Um, just roll with it. Try again. Yeah. And if you find your first interview or first couple of an absolutely horrible, painful experience. They won't all be like that. You know, you'll have blips, you'll have road bumps, but then you also have some interviews that you really enjoy, that are really nice and casual. And even if you don't get the role, you still feel you've learned during the time mm -hmm. that you were there. Because um, yeah, one or two of my first ones were pretty awful experiences because they were bad interviewers, but then I never had bad ones again after that. So yeah, it can happen. Oh, good guys. Well, absolutely pleasure to have you on. There's, there's lots of nuggets of information in there for, for juniors, people people from diverse backgrounds as well. Um, and, 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 <laughs> and, and people getting into the industry later on. It's been a no, really interesting chat. Absolute pleasure have, to have you on. Hope hope you all enjoyed it yourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. Um, if you'd like to become uh, a guest on a future podcast, please DM me on LinkedIn or email me at michael.sullivan at evolution-contract.co.uk and uh, see you all soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.